Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm on a special day today, Million Dollar Agent podcast and the day that the West Tigers make the announcement of the trio. Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrar are going to take this great club that has uh, underachieved over the last 10, 15 years to great heights. What a great day, guys. I Everything I open, I see the three there and I'm memorising the 2005 grand final. How exciting. What a great day, isn't it? Sun's out too. I, I think it's a great announcement. I think they could do with three coaches. That's terrific. Um, and uh, Benji Mark, I've got to say, Benji, mate, he's a very smart guy. You know, obviously, he's made a success in the, his career as a media uh, presenter as well. He's, he's really segued into that, um, having had a bit to do with him when he was at South, and the same with Robbie Farrar. Um, they're not just good players. They are amongst these guys that are very good off the field, or as good off the field as they are on the field. And I don't know much about Tim Sheens. I mean, uh, I know he's a bit controversial. The Tigers bumped him off last time, but um, I'm sure he's, he's highly experienced. So let's see what happens, Tommy. Let's see what happens. Well, well listen, one thing that Benji Marshall said yesterday, which on uh, one of the press conferences, which was really interesting, is they said to him, um, you know, but you've got no experience in coaching. He said two things. Well, he said, to be honest with you, I've sort of been coaching the last two, three years. When I'm playing, I've actually got a little bit older and I actually find that I'm actually half coaching. That's what I seem to be doing. And then the second thing he said, and this is a fascinating, he goes, I've been taking notes for the last five years on what coaches says. I've got notes and notes and notes. So, and I I found that fascinating that when someone wants to do something, he goes, I've got a dream to do coaching and I knew that. So I've been planning the escape and I've been taking notes and learnings along the way. And, um, yeah, I think all I did a seminar, or not a seminar, a workshop inside McGrath recently, and one of the slides I had up there was, I think her name's Troy Nicola McDermott, Nicola mm-hmm. McDermott, the uh, high jumper, who got uh, from memory silver in Tokyo. And um, she, for four years, from the previous Olympic period to, to the one where she got runner-up, she took notes in her notebook of every single high jump she did what was right, what was wrong, what was her mental preparation, what was she thinking, what could she improve upon. And anyway, she improved 14 centimetres in four years and ended up being the silver medalist. So uh, there's a lot to be said for note-taking in what I call, Tommy, deliberate practice. Don't just, you know, do scripts and dialogues. Don't just, you know, turn up to a training event and kind of go into, into routine mode. Think about everything that's being said. Think about how you could apply it to your situation. I think it's a, it's a, there's, there's a lot to be said there. Benji okay. Marshall, um, yeah, he's regarded as one of the best. I, I was lucky enough to play football growing up and also touch football, a lot of world championships with Benji in 2003 and 2005. And uh, he's just an outright gentleman. And so is his younger brother, Jordan. Uh, the whole family is actually, but mm. seeing him going to the West Tigers, he's not only going to have the coaching skill because he's a thinking footballer, but he's going to bring a culture back, which I think, Tom, maybe the West Tigers have been lacking for quite a number of years now. Uh, he knows how to get people around him. And playing in those teams, I remember Benji, he was one of the best on the field, if not the best, uh, but he was also the best off the field as well, uh, just being part of the team and making sure that everyone was involved. So I think he's going to bring a lot of different facets to his coaching if he if he does step into that role. All righty. Thank you, Troy. 15 quotes in 15 minutes. That's our goal today. Um, John, before the podcast started, said, let's do a nice, short, sharp podcast. 
that can help people change lives with one-liners. I, be- I, be- I believe one-liners can be so powerful. You could write the one line and then you could write out a thesis on that one line. It just has so many meanings. So we're all going to have a, a go at throwing in some of our favorite quotes. Um, yeah. And I might I might kick off. We might do this uh, around the grounds. We might go do one, you do one. Um, but one of my favorite, and I remember exactly the day I said it, it was an, an Eric presentation and I was struggling to say the word. And the, the words I was trying to say was, look, don't put yourself in a in a in a difficult spot where you regret it after. And all I said was, look, if you don't want to slip, just don't hang around slippery spots. And mm-hmm. um, it 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 means to me, it means so much. It means that when it's eight o'clock at night and you finish going out with a few mates, you probably think that's the best time to go because it's only going to get messier from there. What does it mean? You go to your company night award. And um, everyone wants to kick on and you know that, man, I've had a good time anyway. Hey, don't go out there. No slippery spots. It means that if you're going to go off and hang around with a bunch of people that you don't like their behavior, you might end up slipping with there. So I really, I really love it. I actually use it and I tell my daughters that, you know, if you don't want to slip, don't hang around slippery spots. Yeah, I love that. I remember I heard you say an Albion Avenue for a news corporation talk and it hit me. Between the eyes, that's how much it did because I remember exactly where I first heard you talk about it, Tommy. I love it. Um, one for me is, and Troy, you've heard me say this a lot, what got you here won't get you there. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So many people keep turning up, turning up, turning up, same old, same old, and they kind of hope, cross their fingers, that turning up is going to change the outcome. Now, by the way, nothing wrong with turning up. And the more you turn up, I suspect the more successful you become. So it's it's a it's a nice little starting strategy is turn up consistently. But I want you to turn up more intelligently tomorrow than you turned up today. I want you to go to your next listing better equipped than your last listing. I want you to realize that if unless you actually tinker with it or even do an extreme makeover, if you're prepared to to go the whole hog, um, unless you do that, I think um, you're going to get the same results. Number two, Troy, have you got one to throw at us? Yeah, I do. Um, Ryan Holiday, I know that we've spoken about him on the podcast a number of times, uh, but he said something in one of his um, podcasts recently and it really stuck with me. It was about um, progress and not perfection and his words were, think of progress and not perfection. Everything you do, you can improve on every day. And I just thought such a simple way of putting it, but when we wake up, we sometimes get in that mindset that it has to be perfect. But if it's 80% of the way there, it's progressing. We can keep going. Well, it reminds me of the one you and I like, which is I think it's from memory, just press record. Tommy, they were talking about doing a podcast and this bloke was trying to almost do a thesis about what's the best way and what's the best equipment and what's the best microphone and what questions should you ask and what talent. And the guy came across said, man, you got to uh, take record? And the guy said, yeah, he said, just press record and and you'll you'll keep getting better. So, again, it's, it's almost a little bit of what I Love said. it before is you know like deliberate practice but i love that whole thing about um progress over perfection i think is is kind of how it's said isn't it yeah yeah you- love it okay next one this will probably be the shortest quote um of the podcast list what sells and that's sort of inspired by the fact that you get a lot of real estate agents that say you know what Anything that we list that's like this, it just doesn't go. The market's not interested in it. But if we can get more of one to $1.3 million houses in this part of the area, they just go like hotcakes. So the secret is 
list what sells, find out what the marketplace wants and put your focus and energy on that. That doesn't mean that you stop you know, saying no to other business, but it basically means predominantly get strategic and intelligent about what the market wants, what's turning over, um, and focus your activities on that kind of stock. And also, think, I think, Tommy, it also talks to make sure that your vendors are motivated in, in a market that's tighter and different to before. Um, make sure you don't waste time on business, which is not a likely outcome, because, of course, we all know you don't get paid to list property. You get paid when you sell and settle it. So I like that one too. Number two for me, which is probably number five, I've got here, you're only two decisions and one skill away from everything you've ever dreamed of. So most people listening to this podcast, because hopefully they're pretty smart listening to podcasts in general, and they're in the industry and they're trying to get better. So this is the smart brigade. But even people in the smart brigade probably haven't got everything they want. So I look at it and I was coaching someone the other day who's a good, a great guy, dear friend of mine and Troy's and, and a very good agent. And the market, I could tell he was a bit uncomfortable in the new market, Tom. I know that one of his great, it's not that he was an order taker at all, but he's brilliant at building rapport. He, he cares so much about his clients. And I could tell that all of that might have been spilling over to him, kind of just holding back on some of those tougher or uncomfortable or less comfortable conversations. And I said to him, here's the one thing for you. If you can get comfortable with getting uncomfortable, here's another quote, um, you'll achieve far greater results. And I just said to him, just practice it, role play it, ring me up and role play it, do it in the shower, whatever you need to do. But um, so the, the quote around, you know, for him, there is one skill that I think if he could master now over the next few days or weeks, he will unlock a whole new part of his career and a whole new market share. Um, so, you know, you're one or two decisions away from everything you've wanted and you're potentially one or two skills away from everything you wanted. Over to you, Troy. Yeah, my next one is actually from uh, another one of our favourite authors, John Derek Sivers, um, and we've, we've spoken again about him. Uh, and he talks about customer service is the new marketing. And I think right now in the market, we're seeing this, particularly in real estate, that the industry, customer service, the way you treat your both buyers and sellers uh, is the new marketing. That is your attention grabber. That is the reason why people will come to you. That is the reason why people will use your services. So I love that. And I think it's really relevant right now. Yeah, I reckon uh, Seth Gordon said something similar to that, Troy Eric. I think he said, uh, something about customer services free or something. But when you said that, I thought of Eric, I thought of Seth Godden, and I think it was something like, you know, great services free or something, which is, yeah. uh, you know, so is a great attitude. Tommy? Uh, inspired or plagiarised, probably ripped off, actually, is probably the best word, from Seth Godden, stop selling, start solving. Stop selling, start solving. And I love that approach, guys, because it says that when you go into an interaction meeting with a client, Instead of you trying to work out how am I going to actually sell them something, you're going in there and trying to work out what's the problem that's keeping this client up at night and how can I actually help them. And I think when that happens, you make the shift from being a commission breath agent to being a trusted advisor. Love that one. Yeah, next one for me. I think this one, Troy, from memory was Victor Frankel. Between stimulus and response lies the key to success in life. So we are surrounded and we are bombarded on a daily basis with stimuli. That is, things are happening all the time. You know, someone's got the television on, someone cuts in front of us in the, in the traffic, someone else says something to us disrespectful. Some, there's a whole range of things that potentially can upset and distract us. And it's that moment between when it happens and when you respond to when it happens 
that I think is the absolute key to life, which is what Frankel was meaning. So just take a moment between when something happens, someone cuts in the traffic in front of you, don't think that you must toot the horn, scream at them, blood pressure goes up. Realise that all of the above, all of those things are chosen responses by you. So, you know, whether it's a buyer, a seller, whether it's in a personal relationship, whatever it is, realise that you you don't have to move on to automated response. You can choose your response to any situation and choose the best response. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, following on from that, John, Gary V actually said uh, recently in a talk in America that I watched on YouTube, he said that skills are cheap and passion is priceless. And again, so relevant right now to everyone in the world. You don't have to have the very best listing presentation. You don't have to have the very best dialogue in a prospecting call or the very best auction setup. If your passion comes through, that's where people are going to resonate. That's how they're going to connect with you. Yes, you can improve on all those things, and it kind of goes back to think progress, not perfection from Run Holiday, but um, really make passion your paycheck because uh, it's priceless out there right now. If you care and you give a damn, people are going to really connect with you. Isn't it yeah. funny? Yeah. When we all talk about these things, often other little ones spark to mind. As you're saying that, the one that came to me was we've spoken about a Troy listing presentation training. Um more important to be compelling than comprehensive. I, you know, a lot of people, they want to have a 47 point this and they want to have every dialogue and they want to give every potential reason to list with you and all of that. And they actually become too analytical, too comprehensive, and they inundate the client. Whereas compelling just means, you know, I feel it, I can see it. There are three great reasons they gave me. Um, it was succinct, but it made sense. So yeah, very, very good one. Tommy, one more each. One more each. So is that right? Have we done the... Uh, uh, no, it's two more each. No, it's two more each. We want to do 15 in 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, so so uh, uh, this one this one came to me from a guy that goes through the security machines at the airport, Ballinor Airport, last Friday. I missed the flight and I walked through and he said, oh, where's your bag? I said, look, two of them are staying. I'm going with my daughter. We missed the flight. They've got to stay back with the bags. I'll take the next flight. And he said to me, better to be one hour early than one second late. And I thought to myself, that is useful advice if you're about to board a plane and so many things in life. Better to be an hour early than one second late. Now, I know that both of you are very punctual. I mean, John, I mean, you're obsessed with time. Like you're the sort of guy, if you're running late, you're sending text messages uh, ahead of that, which is is a good thing, you know. I hate it when someone sends a text message when they're five minutes late and they say, hey, running late. We sort of worked that bit out already, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a very good one. Okay, uh, looking at my list of favourite quotes, next one for me is going to be, so this is a Bruce Lee one. Bruce Lee, most people would remember him from martial arts and also from acting. Be like water, my friend. Be like water, my friend, meaning... When water comes down from the sky and hits the mountain and starts travelling down the mountain and hits a rock or a tree, it doesn't stress. It doesn't stop. It just finds the most fluid, easy, convenient way around it and it keeps going. So many times do I see human beings and many agents that we coach and they get stuck on something. You know, someone changed their commission scale five years ago or some other agent in the office took a client away from them a year ago and and they just they get stuck on these things and it, it just creates a toxic uh, force field around them. So be like water, my friend. Find a way around it. Don't stress. 
just keep moving along and and don't uh, just divert yourself to the easiest way around the current object that's in your path. Troy. Uh, my next one I actually stole from you, John. I know that we share it. Uh, it's by a guy called Kimo Williams, and it's called. And it says the standard pace is for chumps. And uh, I know that we have this philosophy in everything we do um, within McGrath, and I know I just think it's a great quote. It's the standard pace is for chumps. How fast can you go? How focused can you be? So, Tommy, it's funny. That one came through Derek Sivers, his writing. Basically, he was... Uh, he wanted to learn uh, music. It was the Berkeley College for uh, for music. Actually, funny enough, the same one that was in that Coda film that we've spoken about before. Anyway, long story short, someone introduced him to a guy called Kimo Williams, who was an ex-music professor there, and he said, oh, I want to do this four-year course. And Kimo Williams said, hey, if you want, come hang out with me. I can teach you actually how to get through the four-year course in six months. And he said, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that, but how's that going to happen? He said, well, basically courses are... Um, design for the average person or, or potentially even worse, the lowest common denominator. He said, if you're sharp and focused and hungry and passionate and, and above the average, he said, you can get through this much faster. So we've adopted it, Tommy, a little bit internally that, you know, just because something typically is meant to take six months, well, what would it, what would it be like if we could do it in a month? Yeah. You know, that, that, that's kind of, I, I really love that one, Troy. Thanks for reminding us of that one. What now, Tommy? One more each we got? Yeah, the, uh, home stretch. We've done, tw- we've done 12 in 12 minutes, uh, one minute each. Here it goes. You know what you know, but do you do what you know? And I love that quote because a lot of the times, and I, uh, it, was a, it was a famous physiotherapist that does a lot of public speaking, and I forget her name. It might have been Amanda Gore. Um, yeah, that's um, it. Is, is that she a physio, John? Is she a physio that, yeah. uh, that uh, I speaks? Uh, I think she might have been a naturopath nutritionist, but yeah, she used to speak a lot with Alan Peace, I think, from memory. Yeah, well, there was she was there in in the city one day, and I was listening to her, her doing one of these uh, speakers bureaus talk where they get all these speakers speak for five minutes, they parade speakers to get them out mm-hmm. into the conference world, and she said, "Oh." You know what you know, but do you do what you know? Um, and that to me is really important because we do in our industry no longer have a shortage of information. We no longer have a shortage of what's working, strategies, scripts, techniques, processes. But the ideas don't work unless they're executed. And there's a hell of a lot of people that actually know what they're doing, but they never just take that first step and begin. Actually, that reminds me of one more. They get a bonus one. 80% of winning is just beginning. <laughs> That's your bonus. 80% of winning is just beginning. John, over to you, then Troy, and we're done. So the last one for me, I'm glad it's the last one because it's most important in a lot of ways. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Meaning, if for whatever reason you're doing okay in life, or potentially most of the people listening to us here and in our industry are doing better than okay, they're doing very nicely. They're in the lucky countries of the world, Australia, New Zealand predominantly, um, they're in a great industry called real estate, and if they're clever enough to be listening to podcasts, they're probably clever enough to be uh, earning a very, very good living. So I've seen people, and it, and it irks me no end. Troy knows this better than anyone. I hate seeing people as they get more successful. Their ego goes through the barometer and through the Richter scale, and they get greedier and they want more, and it's just such a pity. And my view is if you're fortunate to be blessed in this world, please pass on the blessing, be generous with others, um, give others advice, give others encouragement um, and share share your good faith 
um, with others around. Troy, lucky last. Lucky last. Uh, I'm going to go to the Stoics. Again, I'm going to go all the way back to Marcus Aurelius and say that in summary, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Uh, we can all control what we think and what we feel. So starts there with happiness. It's a bit like the stimulus response one, Troy, isn't it? You know, like you're right. That, you know, so, undoubtedly, unfortunately for all of us, something shit's going to happen tomorrow, whether it's small, hopefully it's small or a bit bigger. And it's how you respond to that and how you see that that really determines because, you know, it's easy to get cranky at everything. But, you know, I, I like that one, Troy, and I'm, I'm glad we finished on that one. So what do we do, Tommy, 15 in 15 minutes? 15 in 15, in 15 minutes. This has been Million Dollar Agent, the podcast. Guys and girls, we've only got another four or five weeks before this colder weather starts becoming a little bit nicer and we enter the real estate spring season. And don't forget, by the way, everything you're probably doing in the next four or five weeks is going to determine what your spring's going to look like. Um, so uh, uh, get onto it, guys and girls. See you next week. See you, team. Bye, everyone. Yeah.